What if we put aside for a second all of our differences and combined our voices and advocate for something that would benefit all of our kids? And if we did that, could we get support? And I think the answer is, uh, is this letter and clearly all of the support that we have received across the state of Wisconsin. We are holding a similar press conference in Madison today with leaders from the Madison area and business leaders to advocate on behalf of this letter. It's been, um, it's been an amazing, amazing journey. We have, I believe, over 350 signatures, and this thing has only been going on about three weeks. And this morning we woke up and there was 27 more signatures. So uh, this thing is growing. And so we are asking politely uh, the state to continue and increase the investment for our kids. So um, I'm going to call up some speakers today that will be a little bit more articulate than myself on explaining what exactly we're doing and why we're doing it. And the first one is I would like to call up uh, Blaze. Uh, Blaze, Blaze Paul. Blaze is the Director of Finance for the South Milwaukee School District. And he's speaking not only on behalf of South Milwaukee, but across the state, all of the uh, all of the school districts that uh, that are kind of facing the same problems that Blazes. But Blaze, thank you, John. So I'm just going to tell you a little story, uh, kind of about what the last uh, year year and a half has been, and what the budget impacts have been around school districts in Wisconsin. March 13th, 2020 was a day that when the unthinkable happened. It's a day that marked the beginning of the COVID-19's havoc on school districts and the communities within the school district, whether it be staff, parents, business leaders, and probably the most affected are students. Our halls were empty, our lunchrooms were silent. Our teachers scrambled and moved to online learning while our nation ground to a halt. There was little guidance on funding and how to address the coming pandemic until later in the year when the federal government saw the struggles that were happening and decided to pass three rounds of relief funding, otherwise known as ESSER funding. The primary objectives of that funding were to enhance the safety of our schools and to allow us to function safely throughout the pandemic, as well as make up for any learning loss and social-emotional toll that had been taken on our students as a result of the pandemic. In South Milwaukee, we leveraged pandemic relief funding to ensure clean air for our students, sufficient health and nursing services for our students, and the implementation of mitigation strategies so that we could get our students back in our buildings, educated in person, and getting what they need. We made big investments in HVAC equipment with that ESSER funding, and that was exactly what that type of funding was meant for. It's one-time federal funding with a one-time expenditure match. And that's where HVAC upgrades, huge. Those types of things are gonna pay dividends for decades to come. We attempted to resist, resist uh, the pressure to use one-time funding for ongoing expenses because of the great cliff that it would build. 
Unfortunately, we did have to put some ongoing costs into that federal funding, which we're going to have to address when we uh, meet that fiscal cliff. We really shouldn't have had to choose between reducing opportunities for students or making a, a fiscal cliff. It was kind of an unnecessary ultimatum. The good news is that ESSER funding will continue to assist in covering the costs and putting back the pieces of, of what's been broken from the pandemic. We are, uh, we are very cautious. Any, any use of one-time federal money comes with a, a very serious do-at-your-own-risk cautionary tale. You need to make sure that if you put expenses towards one-time revenue, you have to know that you're not going to be able to fund those in the future. I have used over the last year here uh, an analogy that I think resonates. COVID-19 was a hailstorm that took, took uh, great damage to our school districts uh, and did great damage to our, our roofs as a hailstorm. The federal government came through with an insurance check. That insurance check was meant to fix the roof. Unfortunately, there's been some, a lot of pressure to say, don't worry about using that insurance check to fix the roof. Use it to pay the mortgage. And that's where we and every school district in Wisconsin is struggling. We know that we are facing a, school, uh, a state budget that has a two-year freeze in revenue limits. And what makes matters worse at the moment is we do have record inflation that we haven't seen since the early 1980s. So the lack of ongoing funding uh, has resulted in what we consider a budget crisis. In South Milwaukee, right now as we speak, we're uh, trying to close the gap on a million-dollar deficit. And what we're, we're having right now, we are suppressing wage growth um, because we know we can't meet even close to what the consumer price index uh, rate of inflation is. This we do consider somewhat of a manufactured crisis. Uh, we do have a decent state surplus that is available. And it's our hope that the state will come and see that allocating some of that surplus for education is a wise investment. The last two years have had no spendable increase, which has definitely put a, a huge challenge in place in balancing that budget. So our ask, the ask of this great coalition that is extremely, extremely impressive for all these parties to come together, the ask is for an inflationary adjustment of $343 per pupil, along with increasing the special education reimbursement to 50%. If this happens, it will provide the necessary investment that meets the moment. When it comes to funding schools, too many moments have passed, and with this surplus available, it's time to make that investment in education. Thank you. Thank you, Blaze. I'd next like to, to call up. Uh, Chris here, John. Chris is the president of the Hmong American Peace Academy. Uh, on the north, I believe the northwest side of, of Milwaukee. Chris? Good morning. My name is Chris Herjong. I'm the founder and CEO of Hmong American Peace Academy, a high-performing and award-winning public charter school with NPS. Hmong American Peace Academy is a K-12 public school committed to excellence in academic rigor, character development, and Hmong cultural values, preparing graduates for success in life. 
supporting the K-12 education of Wisconsin, whose children attend public charter schools and private choice schools, is a lifeline to improved educational outcomes. On behalf of the children and parents of the public charter schools and private choice schools, we humbly, humbly ask for your investment in the K-12 education by utilizing $43 per funding and a 50% rate to support our children with disabilities. If there is ever, ever a time to invest in the future of our scholars, the time is now. The time is now. This investment will elevate communities in allowing scholars to thrive and become productive citizens. This investment is transformational. Our scholars, our families, our communities, and our beautiful state of Wisconsin all are transformed by your investment of the adjustment of $343 per pupil and the 50% reimbursement rate to support students with disabilities. With this investment, our scholars are transformed from at risk to independent thinkers prepared to succeed in life. Our families are transformed through their children taking stride towards um, success in life. And the thing is that our children will opt out of the potential of living in poverty and lack of opportunities. The communities are transformed through sheer ambitions and experiences. This beautiful state of Wisconsin is transformed through proof and inspiration that turnarounds are possible and that education can deliver on its promise of prosperity. To transform a life is to transform our world and that transformation is due to the, your investment in the K-12 educational funding we are desperately seeking and that is the adjustment of $343, a small, small investment, and an investment of 50% reimbursement rate to support, to support our most needy scholars so that they could thrive in this environment. Please, please invest in the K-12 education. It is important. I called out to all of you especially to give our scholars the opportunity to be successful at this time. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I'd now like to call up Giacomo Fuluca, who is the chairman of the board of Palermo Villa. Thanks, John. Welcome, I'm Giacomo Fuluca, uh, CEO and Chairman of Palermo's in Milwaukee, and um, I'm just honored to be here. So as I was thinking about this, 
Um, I tell people that um, I am in the, I'm not in the pizza business. I'm really in the people business. That's the business that we're in. And as I think about this, our state, we are in the people business. And what we're talking about are our most precious, our children, our future leaders. That is really the message. Are we going to invest in our children? When I think about that, and I think about what is needed with our children um, throughout the state, our educators, and all that goes into this, it's, it's, it's about doing the right thing. So in business, I think about what's the right thing that we need to be doing for our company. And I'm not political, so forget about there are reasons that we should and maybe reasons that we shouldn't. That, that to me doesn't equate. It's about doing the right thing. And doing the right thing means investing, making this investment. When I think about the surplus dollars that we will have and, and the amount that's going to be allocated, what are the other plans? I mean, if we could list the top 10 things, wouldn't our children, education, and all that goes with it, wouldn't that be like number one? Fortunately, I, I am, we are not a democracy in our company. I can make those decisions, the hard decisions. As leaders, we need to make really difficult decisions. And that's, that's what has to happen here, a really difficult decisions, because that's the role that the folks that will be deciding are in. They're in a role, and they're in a role to make difficult decisions, to take action, not to be there. So that's, that's really what I have to say. I personally, I have a niece in Green Bay that is an English teacher, and I see what happens in her classroom. We have personal friends and even in the private sector. And what it takes to even buy a, 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 a book of markers and paper for her classroom. Um, so my ask, and I'm here um, to, to really say, look, this is an important decision. Now, when you make that decision, think about what it's going to look like three years from now, five years from now. And you look back and say, this was the right choice. This was the right thing to do. So thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you hearing me out on this. Thank you, Giacomo. So next I would like to call up Peter Fagan, president of the Milwaukee Bucks. Peter. And I'd like to start on Peter Fagan, member of the world champion Milwaukee Bucks. Thank you. I think uh, at the Bucks and other places, we would like to start with the answer. And the answer here is pretty simple. Like, how do we accelerate creating a world-class education system, period? And we're not there, and we need a plan, and we need building blocks. And incredibly, the time is now, and there's an urgency to, to get this done. Um, and I'll also talk from the private sector. 
We have to share the responsibility. The community of Milwaukee, the state of Wisconsin, we have incredible access to funds. We have incredible leadership. This cannot be done in the public sector alone. This has to be a partnership of private and public, which is incredible to look at the stage and think about people who are vested in this right now. And this is, this is when the funds are available. Wendell and John and I talk all the time as members of the board of the Milwaukee Public School Foundation, this is the time where funds are available at a state level. We have to strengthen our commitment to students with disabilities and we need basic funding, period. And this is the time it has to happen. And I will tell you in this incredible world we live in to have a platform of an NBA team, to be a member of this community and to help push the needle on commitment and to make this happen is really one of our objectives. So again, let's today commit to creating a world-class education system and get these funds and really focus on students with disabilities. This is a moment that we can pivot and go in the right direction. Thank you and go Bucks. Thank you, Peter Fagan, president of the world champion Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> a more proper introduction. So next I would like to call up Sean Cummings, Sean is the Chief Executive Officer of Capital Metal Stampings and Grafton. Sean. Good morning. As said, my name is Sean Cummings with Capco and the Kesmeric Enterprises of Companies headquartered in Grafton, Wisconsin. Hundreds of businesses and organizations from across our state have come together today to show our passion and support for greater investment in K-12 education. As proud residents and parents, employees and business leaders of the great state of Wisconsin, we understand the importance of a quality education. We have a long history and tradition of top-notch K-12 schools in Wisconsin that are the cornerstone of our diverse and robust economy. We cannot afford to fall behind the negative consequences to our communities, businesses, and economy are too great. We understand our responsibility and obligation to prepare the next generation of citizens, employees, and taxpayers. We owe it to our children to give them the skills and capabilities needed to compete and win in a global economy, to provide for themselves, their families, and those in need as they enter the workforce. Too many are falling behind across our state in rural, suburban, and urban communities. These are not someone else's kids in a faraway land. They are the children of your friends, of your neighbors, of your employees, of our fellow cheeseheads. They may even be your own children or grandchildren. We all understand that a great education does not happen by accident. It takes resources, commitment, engaged communities, parents, students, and teachers. It's not a cliche to say our most important asset is our people. We all understand that we must invest in quality if we want quality in return. We are nearing the bottom quartile nationally for special education reimbursement in Wisconsin. Program cuts will further diminish the quality of education in our state. This is not the Wisconsin way. This is not in our collective interest. 
We take pride in our educational system and believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to live their best life. In business, we work hard to find, develop, and keep the best talent. We should expect no less for our schools. Many of our best and brightest are teachers already. We need to keep them and attract more of them to this essential and noble profession. We also understand the realities of spending within our means and of being responsible stewards of taxpayer money. As business leaders and concerned citizens, we're willing to do our part and ask that our representatives consider directing a portion of our state reserves now to support improved K-12 educational outcomes across this great state. This is a responsible and productive use of our money. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Next, I'd like to call up Joel Brennan. Joel is the newly elected president of the Greater Milwaukee Committee and most recently was Secretary of the Department of Administration under the Evers administration. Joel. Thank you, John. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. As John said, I'm fairly new in my role, um, about a month in, but in the course of the search uh, for the, the person who was going to be in my position, the Greater Milwaukee Committee uh, and the search firm did a, a survey of its members, of community leaders, about what are the most important issues? What, are, what should organizations like the Greater Milwaukee Committee be working on? Highest on that list, to no surprise with anybody, should be education and especially K-12 education. So I'm thrilled to be part of a broad, diverse coalition here supporting these steps and, and really what we should be doing with uh, state resources. And I'm going to step back for just a second. As John said, I, before, uh, up until about six or seven weeks ago, I served as the, the head of the Department of Administration for the state of Wisconsin, which is the entity, amongst other things, that manages the state budget office and, and really has responsibility for a lot of the execution around state resources. And I'm going to take you back two years ago to April, May 2020, and the height of when, when COVID-19 first struck, and where the state's budget looked like at that point. In the, the last weeks of that, that uh, budget fiscal year, we required state agencies to give up about 70 to $80 million to give back those resources. Um, in the coming months after that, we asked state agencies to give back about $300 million. At that point, we were looking, and the state at that point had about a $300 million, what's called a rainy day fund. We said, maybe we ought to look at, are we going to have to dig into those funds? That was two years ago. Spin the clock forward two years to where we are today. Because of the resiliency of the Wisconsin people, re resiliency of our Wisconsin economy, where we are with this recession, it was not as broad-based as others around the, uh, th that we faced in, in previous times here in Wisconsin. We're in a very enviable spot. Some would say, most would say, as enviable a spot as we have ever been in the state of Wisconsin. When we end the current biennium, there'll be a $3.8 billion surplus beyond what we imagined would happen at the beginning of this time. There's now $1.7 billion in that rainy day fund. There was the largest single contribution made to that rainy day fund just last year. So, so we are in a good spot. So if, if there's one thing that I want to leave as a message today, the state has the money. Don't let anybody tell you that the state does not have the money. 
But beyond that, we're entering into the political season where people on all sides, frankly, they're going to argue about who gets credit for this, who gets credit for where we are in the state's enviable fiscal position. Some are going to want to look back 10 years and say, you know, 10 years ago we did this, and so we should take credit for this. I think the group that's assembled here, I think the people, the hundreds of organizations that have signed on to this letter, they care less about what happened 10 years ago than what the state's going to look like 10 years from now and what steps that we are going to take, what wise investments we can make to, to change the exodus of teachers who are leaving the profession right now, the, to, to make sure that people who are in that pipeline now, and there are fewer now than there were just a few years ago, that they are thinking that teachers are still an honored profession, that we're going to support them moving forward. And so, you know, imagine the, the arguments that we could have 10 years from now about taking credit for a better achievement in our schools and a better uh, pipeline for teachers and just a better overall economic environment in Wisconsin. That's an argument that we'd like to have and that the people here today, the people who have signed on this letter and the people who are pushing the state to, to take these steps um, that we would really uh, welcome and entertain. So I'm really I'm thrilled to be here, thrilled to be part of this group and look forward to the, the work that continues ahead. Thanks, John. Now I'd like to call up Tim Sheehy. Tim is the president of the MMAC. Tim. <clears throat> Thanks, John. Um, appreciate being here and uh, being part of this uh, coalition. Um, our member businesses uh, rely on over 300,000 talented employees to drive their business success. And if you think about it, each year in this region, we produce 17,000 high school graduates. So I think you've heard other speakers say this, and I'm just going to emphasize this. Employers recognize firsthand the value of, of a K-12 education in developing the talent that they need for a prospering regional economy. And per-pupil funding is the critical investment for a quality K-12 education system. It's why MMAC is advocating the use of the state surplus tax resources to increase per-pupil funding in this case, $342 per student. But I think it's also critical to note that Milwaukee has the second highest poverty rate of the top 50 cities in the United States. 25% of the city's population is living at or below the poverty line. This places an even greater responsibility on our K-12 schools to educate and prepare the 114,000 students in the city served by publicly funded schools in the Milwaukee public school system, charters, and in schools that participate in the Milwaukee Parental Choice Program. MPS need a strong Milwaukee public schools. of MPS. These schools are funded at between 30 per student than MPS. So in of the few existing ways to support all students in the city, giving parents choice and then inequitably funding that 
students. And finally, all K-12 schools in the city have a much higher level of special education needs. So raising the special education reimbursement from 28 to 50 percent is a critical step in better serving these students, especially in schools. So while these concerns may drift away during the coming election cycle, they must serve as the anchoring principle for the next state budget. Thanks, John. So to wrap it up, I'd like to call Chris Thiel. Chris is the Legislative Policy Manager from Watch Public Schools. Chris. Thank you, John. Uh, thank you for everybody uh, for being here today. And I think it's symbolic that we're on this stage because it was about a year and a half ago uh, that John and Gary uh, Witt and the, and the Riverside team invited us to sit on this stage uh, with the premise that if we sat down and if we talked to each other, um, as John said, we could come to agreement about what's most important in our community and, frankly, across the state. Um, and from those conversations, uh, we began this, this true process, uh, and we're seeing the results of it uh, today, uh, that we know that when we invest in our students, when we invest in our schools, we're investing in our communities, uh, we're investing in the economy, we're investing in the state of Wisconsin. Um, and it, so it was from that premise that when we started talking, uh, we were able to come to agreement. And as Blaze pointed out, and as Chris pointed out, there's immediate need uh, for this support. The immediate need is so that we don't have school board members. We have many school board members and district leaders from the surrounding community here with us today embarking on a process in the weeks ahead where they're deficit budgeting in a time where we know our students need more support. They need stability. And we need to uh, not only bring our education system statewide uh, back to prominence, but we need to help our students make it through these months ahead. Um, and the other, the other thing that's a reality is, is one of the first groups that signed on to this letter is the Wisconsin Rural Schools Alliance. Kim Kokel is their executive director. And uh, I reached out to one of his members this morning, uh, Bruce Quinton, who's in the Pepin School District. We have South Milwaukee here on the shores of Lake Michigan. Bruce and, and Pepin is on the, on the banks of the Mississippi. And I said to Bruce this morning, what happens if we can move these policy pieces forward? And he said, Chris, it means I'm not deficit spending. It means my community is not as worried about how we're going to support our students. It drive our school district forward and to support our students. And so we have a near-term goal that we're looking for here which is can we use the surplus that we've all talked about um, and put that into action with immediate effect so then the upcoming school year, the 2022-23 school year, we've got strong support for our schools and our communities. And longer term, as was described uh, earlier, we want to we get back to that virtuous cycle where we've got high school graduates who over the last year were making a decision. Do I want to be a teacher? Do I want to go into a school of education? We've met with the deans of all the schools of education as part of this process here in Milwaukee. And they're telling us we need to create the conditions so that we have the best people entering these schools of education, becoming teachers, because we need the best people in front of our kids. So we're on that path. Uh, I'd like to thank John and everybody here again uh, for helping us get on that path. And you know you're doing something good, as John mentioned. When you wake up in the morning and your email inbox is continuing to fill up with people signing on to the letter and or people are calling you up and say, hey, 
what about me? Can I sign in? So um, for those uh, who want to participate in this letter, uh, there's a website, www.signtheletter.org. Pretty simple, signtheletter.org. Um, please feel free uh, to, to review the letter, the form there. Add your name uh, for this effort, um, and we'll continue this, uh, this process going forward. Uh, again, we've, we've expanded. I know there are conversations happening across the state. The momentum is growing, uh, and we all really appreciate your time and the leadership of everybody here today. Thank you.